the world's most advanced color correction tool for Mac just got more powerful. DaVinci Resolve from Blackmagic Design. With XML import, export, multi-layer timelines, curve grading, noise reduction, stabilization, 3D alignment, OpenCL, and more. DaVinci Resolve is available from $995. Current users can download the update for free. And try DaVinci Resolve Lite, a reduced featured version that's still packed with power. Visit www.blackmagic-design.com. What, in addition to the right equipment, does it take for the job of film editing? Welcome to The Cutting Room. I'm your host, Gordon Burkell, and we have a special episode today. With me is Norman Holland. Now, Norman's done some amazing editing in films such as Heather's, which we're going to get into in a later episode. In this episode, we're going to focus on two job opportunities. If you've ever wanted to be an instructor or teach at a university for film, in the area of film editing, there's an amazing opportunity that's occurred. And Norman's here to tell us about it. So USC is going to be hiring two new instructors, one full-time and one tenure. So... Listen to the interview because he's going to answer some questions about where to apply and what they're looking for exactly, as well as his own approach to teaching. If you're interested, he mentions an address. It's usc.filmediting.wordpress.com. Now, the other thing I want to mention before we get into this interview is that I mentioned a guy by the name of Zach, and that's Zach Arnold, who edits Burn Notice in LA, and that's around the nine minute mark. What happened is I posted something, Zach Arnold referenced it. He also teaches part-time with Norman. And so I just referred to him as Zach. That's who I'm talking about. You can check out his work in Burn Notice. In the meantime, enjoy my interview with Norman Holland. Also make sure to check out uscfilmediting.wordpress.com. What are you looking for for the two job postings? And could you describe who you feel would be the best candidate for the roles? We're looking for two positions uh, in the editing track. We're a pretty big school, so in our division, which is called Film and Television Production, we have a number of tracks, uh, as we call them. So there's a cinematography track, a directing track, and I'm in charge of the editing track. So what I'm looking for are people who are good editors, who think like editors, who think storytelling. And uh, we teach undergrads and grads, so the person should be comfortable in front of both uh, age groups. What I'm personally looking for, you know, a lot of times searches in academia is sort of bogus. Uh, we know who we want to hire, but we officially have to put out the word and officially interview some people. I'm not actually doing that. What I really would like is to find people who aren't the obvious choices, the people who have won two Oscars kind of thing. So certainly we're not averse to that if they're the teachers, but because one of the things that I think we need to do at film schools like USC is to prepare people for where the industry is going to be. When I say industry, this is, I'm not just talking Hollywood, but where the media making is going to be by the time they graduate. So not yesterday's media and even not today's media. It's kind of where are we going? So I'm really looking for someone who's comfortable telling stories in a number of areas in different media. So someone who's done web series would be super awesome for me. Someone who's worked in commercials would be great too. Someone who's done documentaries. We have a great documentary program. 
at USC. So I'm looking to cast a net of people who are comfortable with the technology so that they're not stupider than the students are in terms of that. But also the main thing is someone who has shown a history of being able to successfully tell good stories to audiences. That's the main thing I'm looking for. And some breadth of that experience. Uh, They don't have to look like me in terms of experience, but an advantage that I have is I've cut uh, high-budget, low-budget film, television, commercials, music videos, corporate videos. I've cut pretty much everything. So no matter what the students want, I'll probably have some overlap and some experience with it. So hopefully we find someone like that. In the uh, application, it was listed as tenure position and a full-time position. What would you say is the difference between the two? Well, the way we work at USC is we have several levels of teachers. We have part-timers who basically teach one class a semester, uh, and they're, they're usually working professionals who come to us in the evening to teach. But we have two full-time slots. One are tenured people, tenure-track people, and the second are non-tenure track. And the major difference, uh, the major differences between them are the tenure track people teach less in terms of fewer number of courses, but have a larger responsibility for governance. So a lot of committees, a lot of planning for the future, uh, a lot of uh, helping the school run because, yeah, sure, it's run from a dean's office and a provost's office, but we really take a lot of responsibility for what our curriculum is, uh, what our classroom should look like, and where we're going in the future. And to a very large degree, that is a requirement for tenured track people. Non-tenured track people teach a little bit more and in exchange have a lower percentage of service, as we call that stuff. So that's really the, the main difference from that side. The second difference tends to be tenure track people tend to usually have more visible credits or awards, a bit more of an international or national reputation, because that's what the school, the university itself really likes. Now, I also noticed in the posting that you you said uh, experience in the industry obviously is a must, but then it had a note about previous experience. What is the weighting between the two, uh, experience versus teaching experience? or like industry editing experience versus teaching? Obviously, our students don't want someone up in front of the class who doesn't know how to teach, who doesn't have a sense of how to convey their ideas to them in an effective way. And some of that we can help and teach. We can teach people how to teach, but some of that's just what you can do inside. Some of the most awesome editors who I know are absolute crap as teachers because that's not their skill set. So ability to at least be super interesting and trainable up in front and have a sense of the way different students' minds can work, so what they need to know in order to progress to the next level, that's what I mean by the teaching experience. Often that's visible because, hey, I've taught at, I don't know, you fill it in, at Ryerson, at AFI, at uh, uh, at NYU for X number of years, and here's some uh, evaluations. Uh, here, here are my evaluations. But sometimes it's not so obvious. I'm really looking heavily for someone who has experience in, and I'm going to put this word in quotes, 
industry experience. So not necessarily, as I said before, Hollywood or feature films, but certainly that's a real plus. But, but someone who has some real uh, standing in whatever industry they've chosen to be in, whether that's in the United States, in Canada, outside the United States or Canada, whether it's a traditional kind of experience or not. We talked a bit about teaching there uh, in your last answer. So as an instructor yourself, how do you approach structuring a class? I think about like I, uh, the, the instructors that I've sort of looked to for my own personal way of teaching. Um, they've done heavy research and they've got all this background. And I think about Timothy Wall, a guy who taught me how to teach, and he would always use, you have to give a visual, audio, written as many ways to get the information to the students because they have different ways of learning. So what is your That's exactly right, yeah. What is your approach yeah. for structuring a course or for teaching a class? Most of the people who we teach at USC are students who are visual people. That's why uh, they're in a film school. So obviously we they need to see things in order to succeed so that we do do we're, we're extremely project oriented there's almost no classes taught anywhere in the usc film school uh in the production parts of film school that don't have uh, projects associated with them so while there is certainly aspect of i'm in front of a class talking periodically that really doesn't work for most of the students, students unless it reinforces something they're shooting, something they're editing, uh, so that we're very project-oriented in that way. The other thing that I was taught when I first started teaching at uh, UCLA, actually I started teaching over there, was a really good way to teach because of exactly what you said, people learn in different ways and they also learn at different speeds, uh, is to tell people what they're going to learn, then teach it to them, and then tell people what they just learned. So we're always kind of circling back. What I tend to do in my classes is every week I'm going, so you remember last week we learned A, B, C, and D. Now we're going to put that into a larger perspective, or now we're going to take a step up from that, or now we're going to add to that concept. Whatever we're going to do in week five, I always like to remind people how it fits in to weeks one, two, three, and four. And then there's, there's the obvious besides those two things, which is exactly what you said, is uh, people learn in different ways. So you have to repeat things in different ways. So And also especially in the grad classes, but this is true even undergrad, create an atmosphere where it's more of a dialogue than a monologue from me, um, or as we like to say at SC in a somewhat pejorative way, um, you can't be the sage on the stage. You have to, you actually have to be down there in the seats. And so sometimes that's, that's what we do. I physically sit in the middle of the class and have a group around the table or a group just circled around me and then uh, whatever. There's different ways of doing it. I posted a video yesterday of uh, Alfred Hitchcock talking about pure cinema and the cool shove effect. And Zach sort of commented to me that he uses that to sort of kick off his courses. 
And right. one of the issues I've struggled with with editing is trying to create a balance between theoretical and and technical or showing students how uh, the theoretical and the technique can actually apply to their work. Right. How do you as an instructor approach that? Well, I don't know about you, but um, most everybody who comes to the USC Film School, we're not what I call manual readers, so that we don't read the manual before we do something. Uh, we go, we try, we do things, and then when we have need, or maybe just for fun later on, we look at things up in the manual and go, oh, that's how I could have done it. So I take that same approach in terms of the balance of the aesthetics and the technical. Uh, to give an example, uh, we do a lot of work on, on the media composer at SC. Uh, we also do Final Cut to a lesser, to a decreasing degree. And also uh, we're now stepping up on the Adobe suite. So I'll... The example I'll give will be from the media composer from Avid, but it applies to all three of them. So we don't teach the effects palette until we have need for it in class. So when we're discussing why you would have uh, a dissolve, why you would do a picture in picture, why you would slow something down in terms of the storytelling, then we give an assignment to say, okay, manipulate footage in here to tell the story of the scene, right? They'll be cutting scenes every week. And then we have to teach them the ways to do that. But we won't teach them the ways to do that 10 weeks earlier because they don't need it then. If a student is making their own movie and wants to convert every, every other shot to black and white, well then we'll teach it to them. But that in general, it's kind of like no concept before it's time. And that's part of the balance. Every one of the biggest struggles that we have because we're such a big school is to coordinate the classes for the labs where they're sitting in there and learning Avid or learning Premiere with what we're teaching in the aesthetic side and to make sure that they're in sync. So we won't teach the audio tools until we get more deeply into how to manipulate audio to tell the stories. So that's the balance. I mean, I don't know how to remember anything unless I have need to remember it. And I find that true of most of the students. I get a lot of emails asking where um, editors should start or should look or how they should approach, I guess, starting a teaching career because a lot of them want to help the next generation. Um, What would you recommend for them to get their start in teaching? Wow, that's a great question. don't think I've ever been asked that before. Um, I think it's like breaking into editing, that everybody's got their own story and the own way they do it. Um, so uh, I know some people who started because their kids asked, hey, would you come in and do a, you know, what my daddy does kind of thing. They do that, and then a teacher comes up to them and says, well, could you help us do the film of, we're doing a video of, whatever, and so they do that, and then that leads to teaching students who are helping them do that football video or whatever, and then it snowballs from there. I know other people who, after doing writing, for instance, they actually go to one of the local uh, universities or local schools and say, hey, here's what I know. I'm willing to help you out. Can I do it one night a week? And often, that's really possible. We, I, I actively try to keep a 
good chunk of our classes in the evening so I can hire people who either have never taught before or people who are working professionals. So uh, I got to start because I wrote a book called Film Editing Room Handbook, which was sort of like the assistant editor's Bible. And I found that there were a couple of schools in New York who came to me and said, well, um, could you teach this? Or could you help us out in the course? So I think everybody's got their own way to do it. I would sit down and figure out what your marketable skills are in the teaching side of things, not just in the editorial side of the filmmaking part, and then figure out whether it would fit best and market yourself there. Okay, and then my last question is, because we're going to have a lot of people listening to this, is how do you apply for these jobs that you've posted? Ah, good, good question. There is a, uh, a website, a blog that I actually put, um, I put all the materials in. Because we're a big university with, with a large bureaucracy, there's a couple of things that people need to do in order to, uh, to apply. And all of that's on the blog. So I've got a, a WordPress site, which is called the USC film editing.wordpress.com and that's all one word you will see film editing.wordpress.com everything you need to know is on that page or is on that um, is on the blog there well i'll also put it up on our uh, our blog too for this podcast that would be great because as i said before i am totally looking for the person who i don't know i'm looking for <laughs> you know i'm looking for someone who says, well, I never thought about that. And so I wouldn't necessarily have reached out to them. So we're, we're really looking for that. And like I said, there's two positions. One's going to start this fall semester, so that's end of August 2013, and the other one will probably start January 2014. So that was my interview with Norman. Now, there's more coming. We talk about his books. We talk about some interesting science article coming up, as well as... Heathers. Now, I was informed by my wife, Lauren, that we had to talk about Heathers, so don't worry, that one's coming, there's no damage here. If you have any questions about this or you have any questions about the USC stuff, you can check out the website. Again, that's uscfilmediting.wordpress.com. You can always email me at info at aotg.com. Check out our website, aotg.com. Go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash artguillotine as well as our Twitter, twitter.com slash artguillotine. With that said, I want to thank Norman for allowing me to interview him. I'd like to thank my producer, Lauren Woodcock. I'm Gordon Burkell. Thanks for listening.